Denver Broncos dropped their first preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals, but how did Russell Wilson and the starters look in the action that they saw on Friday night? You're going to get that and much more. Today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Denver Broncos dropped their first preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals late in the fourth quarter, 18 to 17. How did Russell Wilson and the Broncos starters look in the action that they saw? Welcome into a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much. Broncos country for tuning into our post game report here. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. Every single day, make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, analysis, and post game reports and more. I'm your host as always Cody Rourke Broncos reporter from mile high sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Sarah, my friend, first preseason game in the books. The Broncos lose here in week one of the preseason. Behind the discourse of some social media stuff, we'll talk about what, what, what went well. Who stood out? What did the offense look like? What did the defense look like? And then we have some bigger takeaways we'll go through all throughout on our post-game report here, here today. First off, Russell Wilson, the starters, they got a chance to play four series on Friday night. They did, and of course, it didn't get off to the start that anybody wanted to see. We joked about it on the podcast. No three and outs. Come on, guys. But they did go three and out on that first series, Cody, and that was that was a bit of a tough one to swallow. But of course, and the offense, I think, continued to get better and better each series they got. They should have ultimately had three scoring drives, actually, when all was said and done. But of course, the missed field goals, which we'll talk about later, prevented that from happening. But they did finally get on the board there late in the second quarter. Russell Wilson, Samaje P. Ryan, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton all getting involved on that touchdown drive. But I think everybody's going to want to know, like, how did Russ look in this game? Did he look better? Did he look more comfortable? To me, Cody, I felt like he was moving around much better. I felt like he made some really good decisions off play action, especially really made a a great play on the ball that was dropped by Jerry Judy there on that touchdown drive right before the touchdown play. Actually, Russ made a really great play running to his right, getting out with those legs and making an accurate throw on the move. Just overall, I remember last year, a lot of people were talking about, man, he's not seeing the field well. He's not seeing his receivers well. I'm I'm not trying to make any mountains out of molehills here. I know it's a preseason game. I know we're talking about 13 pass attempts, but I felt like Russ was quite a bit more comfortable in this game. Seemed like he was seeing the field well, especially off play action. So the the confidence seems to be there for Russ, and I think that was evident by the fact that they continued to get better and better as the game went along. And and that's what you wanted to, to see, right? Because, yeah, I think when that first three and out happened, I was like, oh, man, Twitter's going to be unbearable to read, especially with the way things went. I mean, I the first pass, he had a Troutman pressure in his face, had a sidearm a little bit, a little bit behind Troutman there. Then you talk about just the one play where you get a pass batted down at the line of scrimmage. That's something that we have seen so far throughout training camp. That's an area that has to be, I think, coached up a little bit more on the interior because if a guy's jumping up to bat your pass down, 
Ryan Harris did a great job on the nine news broadcast saying, now that's where you got to kind of punch a guy or get him in the belly. So he keeps his hands down there from an offensive line standpoint there. And and then you had Garrett Bowles giving up a sack. And and I, I think overall, Russell Wilson looked pretty good on the evening. Cortland Sutton looked good. As you mentioned, Samaj P. Ryan had a tremendous run where it looked like he's about to be brought down by several defenders, puts his hand in the ground, keeps running, picks up a first down there. I mean, there's little things that you can go back. And, and obviously, we're going to do a rewatch of the game as well. But you can go back and you can say, okay, hey, that is a positive sign. I agree with you in terms of Russell Wilson, much more comfortable standing in the pocket, using his legs, extending out a little bit. But there was some pressure that came through, and that creates some concerns that we'll obviously dive deeper into on Monday's episode of Lockdown Broncos. But aside from that, I, I think that we saw a very aggressive approach from the Arizona Cardinals defense, which is surprising, sir, because usually in the preseason, you don't see a lot of heavy blitzes. You don't see a lot of heavy pressure looks. A lot of it's four-man three-man rushes at times. So I, I think I was a little surprised at how often the Cardinals blitzed in this situation under Jonathan Gannon. But you know what? This is where the Broncos have to find ways that now they have tape on the offensive side of the ball specifically where they can go back and say, this is where we need to be better. Because look, you can only get so much out of evaluating practice. And that's the thing. Guys can look great in practice. Guys can look bad in practice. What really matters is how they look in games. And I think overall, you get your first look at these guys they ended it on a high note, like you mentioned. And you know what I like, too? I, I like the fact that Sean Payton wasn't afraid to go for it on fourth down. Look, obviously, Jerry had that drop on third and five, a little bit of a concentration drop. And I was like, oh, man, there's another thing that we're going to see on Twitter that just gets blown up there. Very next play, Sean Payton goes right back to him. Russell Wilson, wide open, touchdown, 21-yard, gave the Broncos a 7 nothing lead there. They, they started off rusty offensively but they shook it off at the end. I think that's promise, that's progress, and ultimately that's what you want to see. And now what do they do next week against the 49ers offensively? So there is that. But, I mean, we're talking about the offense here, Sarah. The defense also got some run, maybe minus a couple of key players there. They did. No no Pat Sertan, no Justin Simmons, right? Alex Singleton, though, really looked like he was in midseason form out there. I mean, he was flying around the field as we've come accustomed to and great to see after, you know, he gets that new contract. And he's kind of one of the leaders on that side of the ball, a veteran. He was playing really well in this game, Cody. But unfortunately, DJ Jones suffering a concussion in this game. Josie Jewell left the game. It sounded like maybe he got poked in the eye or something like that, I guess. We'll, we'll maybe find out more about that. But the, the Broncos starting defense, you got to put that in in quotation marks, right? The the starting defense was out there and they did their job. And I think they they limited the Cardinals offensively. They shut them down. No points were scored against that unit when they were out there. So they did their thing. And I, I think we saw some good reps from Randy Gregory and Jonathan Cooper off the edge. Mm-hmm. But like we saw some obviously great stuff from Alex Singleton. Caden Stearns, a really nice play. The, the one shot play the Cardinals took down the right sideline, I felt like Caden Stearns showed off that range big time, getting over to, to kind of make a play on the ball there. So really good stuff, I think, from the starting defense, just in terms of people may have been worried. Is it going to be the same, better, worse with Vance Joseph calling the shots? I feel like they kind of just picked up where they left off, and certainly it's going to be even better when those top guys get back out there. It felt very familiar as if they're running the same defense they ran last year. So, I mean, something for them to continue to build off of a lot of the terminology, really the same, a couple of tweaks here and there, but it is really the same defense preserving what they did really well. And you know what? I like that play that Alex Singleton had where he shot through the gap, timed it perfectly and tackled Tyson Williams for a loss of three that resulted in, 
uh, Arizona having to punt it away there. We need to come up with a nickname for Alex Singleton. So Broncos country, as you're listening to this, think about it. Let's stew on it for a little bit. Drop your comments down below if you're watching on YouTube or tweet us on social media with your nickname for Alex Singleton. I I mean, like I said, he plays like a piss missile, but I'm not going to call him the piss missile Alex Singleton. That just doesn't line up there. So we have to come up with something, and, and I think we're going to build toward that here. But drop that down in there below. Uh, no, K1 Williams did not play in this game either. Obviously, he's going to start at the nickel for the Broncos this season. Saying Bassey, once again, doing a really good job stepping to that role, coming away with an interception, adjusting on a play where they had tried to attack him on the inside earlier this time. You know, the receiver slipped on it, but he broke on it perfectly to where if even the receiver was going to touch it, he was going to knock it away. So it ended up being an interception, return 31 yards down the field there. So a, a lot to take away here, a lot to digest from the Broncos' first preseason game. Unfortunately, they drop it 18-17, to 17, but folks – Wins and losses don't matter in the preseason, and we have to hammer that home. Just because Denver lost by one point doesn't mean that the sky is falling. Let's talk about some other aspects of it that will prepare them for the regular season. You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And in just minutes, you can create a free job post here today. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Make sure you close out the year on a strong note with the right team member. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, the Denver Broncos kicking competition left us all wanting Maher after the first preseason game. Cody, how do you like that one right there? Just a little play (laughs) on words. I think, look, disaster situation here in the first preseason game for the kicking competition. We're going to talk about that and more coming up here. But before we do, got to give a huge shout out to all of you who are listening to Locked On Broncos anywhere and everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Cody, I saw somebody had a brilliant idea on Twitter that they were listening to us while at the driving range. Look, I might even start to implement that as well. Just pop in the headphones, go smack some golf balls and throw Locked On Broncos on while you're doing it. So thank you for listening to us wherever you're at. However, you get your podcast free and available everywhere, as well as on YouTube, where you can watch us, especially after a preseason game. Because you know what? Cody and I were here. It's it's late. It's 1 a.m. Central time. And we're talking Broncos kicking competition. We're talking about the preseason loss to the Cardinals. And we love and appreciate every single one of you that joins us every step of the way. All you everydayers out there, you know who you are. We love interacting with you in the comments, as well as having you part of this every single day alongside us so Cody did this Broncos kicking competition leave you wanting Maher after you know we saw these guys go out there and it was not good we had people longing for Brandon McManus on Twitter tell us how this kicking competition went here in preseason week one for the Broncos 
Yeah, I, I, it didn't get off to an ideal start, right? As the field conditions were unideal, so was this. I, I think the the start to this competition overall, and I think it was a little interesting seeing how maybe the rotation kind of went to open up the game. It was Elliot Fry doing the kickoffs there for the Broncos, and then you, you get into the field goal side of things. Brett Maher got the first attempt, and it was missed from 47 yards. You, you mentioned earlier when the offense got going. I mean, ideally, they should have scored points on their first three drives of the game. Obviously, they got one on their fourth one, but missed field goals obviously is is a huge issue. Part of me is one or two, Sarah, because I I don't know how to feel about. It. I don't know where where to gauge this from, but I feel like after Matt Prater missed his field goal from I, I think it was like forty something yards, I thought to myself, okay, maybe is it just the field? Because if you look at the field conditions, they look like. It, it looked rough. Guys were slipping and sliding. Part of me was wondering that. But Maher obviously missed that first one from 47. His second attempt from 52, it was blocked. And that's not necessarily on him. And, and Sean Payton was talking about it where the left guard spot was. They had Luke Wattenberg there on that field goal attempt there. He got pushed back, allowed the offender to come up, get his hands up, and get a hand on the ball. So I, I don't think you can call it now, right? And obviously, it is a little disappointing. Maher did come in and make an extra point. So that is a little bit of a redeeming factor, but overall the kicking game, not great. If you look at it from a statistical standpoint, now you get to Elliot Fry. He missed a, a kick from 50 yards early on in the game. And then at this point, we're like, all right, Hey, they both missed one. Okay. Now we're back to even Steven zero, zero, but then he booted one in from 55 right before halftime, which is good because he doesn't have as much of a sample size in 50 plus yards in, in the regular season. It's good to maybe see that he can do that, but there's still, I think so much more to determine. And I thought to myself, it goes back to what Sean Payton said during the offseason. You know, you have these two kickers in a competition right now. The starter actually may not even be on your roster right now. I think both of these guys need to progress forward into week two against San Francisco, but they have to show some more consistency. They, have, you know, and it has to come from the unit as well. It has to come from the blocking guys, not just the kickers, but I think it, right now after this game, I know a lot of fans are saying, oh, why did they get rid of Brandon McManus? There's a reason they moved on from Brandon McManus. And, and yes, ideally, this did not look good. But if that's making you try to clamor to go back to holding on to a guy that you were also pissed about for missing 38-yard field goals, let's see what happens. Let's let it play out. I, I don't think you can pull the plug on either of these two guys just yet here, sir, after one preseason game. But if guys are missing next week, I think you have to maybe look at other teams' rosters at some point here in terms of the kicking game. It's certainly going to put those guys who are maybe those teams that have two kickers right now. It's going to put them on the Broncos radar. And certainly I think Broncos fans who are watching around the league, they're going to be interested to find out how those kicking competitions shake out. It is going to impact the Broncos, right? Because you're now no longer are Brett Maher and Elliot Fry competing against each other and maybe never were. It's those two guys against the field as well. So if some other team has a, a kicking competition that's going on, somebody's more consistent. I don't think the Broncos are going to hesitate to sweep both of these guys out of the building and bring somebody else in. This kind of thing just can't be tolerated in the regular season, mm -hmm. Cody. The Broncos were two and 10 last year in one score games. And that really indicates you have a problem in the kicking game. Ultimately, not solely is the kicking game to blame. Don't don't come at me for that. I'm not saying it was just the kicking game. 
But look, like you said, Brandon McManus has had struggles of his own in recent years, and it's been years of inconsistency, right? It's been uh, the Broncos finally get a, a touchdown to open up a game after they've really struggled with opening score drives, right? And then Brandon McManus misses the extra point, and it's like, what are we doing here? You know, so uh, there's yeah. <laughs> things like that that happen over the course of a game or over the course of seasons in, in a row that have happened that led to this. So if you're clamoring for McManus to come back, it's it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. The Broncos did need to make a change, and I think the only valid argument right now is to say they should have made this change way earlier in the offseason. And we did talk about that when they cut McManus, saying, why didn't they do this before free agency when there were some really good kickers available why didn't they do this before the draft where there were also some really good kickers available why didn't they sign any kickers as priority free agents after the draft uh, something must have must have gone down to cause that to happen uh, but I, I i ultimately agree completely with you cody and we're talking about i mean brett maher made 90 some percent of his kicks last year for the Cowboys. You know, he struggled in the postseason with extra points, but I mean, he made 90 plus percent of his kicks in the regular yeah. season, including I, I think nine of 11 on 50 plus. So he was very, very good last year. So people who are clamoring for McManus, we already have a guy who was better last year on the team. He just happened to miss his, you know, first two attempts in the preseason after a bad playoff. So snowball effect happening here for the Broncos at kicker. Can't let it go into the regular season. Scouting is going to have to be done and improvements will have to be made. 100% agree with you. And, and that's the biggest thing is you can't rush to judgment just yet. You can't rush to make a decision, but you can't be too patient with it, right? As I felt like over the years, Denver was just too patient with McManus as he dealt with some inconsistencies of his own. Kicking is going to be such an important factor for Denver this year. Obviously not a great start to the competition, Way too early to pull the plug there. But I, I think overall here in the preseason, sir, look, there's plenty of good. There's plenty of bad. There's plenty of in-between. And we're going to break it all down here on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, including players who stood out. You're going to get that on today's episode of the show. Our Lockdown Broncos post-game report. Real quick, make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL podcast. You can get that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss out on what's going on around the National Football League. The local experts on the biggest stories the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who are some players that stood out? And what are some things that are a little bit concerning as the first preseason game comes to an end here as the Denver Broncos drop 18 to 17 to the Arizona Cardinals? Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day that you watch us on YouTube or you listen to us wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you so much as we have you covered every single day, all year long. Sarah, I feel like we could spend a lot of time talking about maybe some things that we're concerned about. I feel like that'd be a better suit for Monday's episode as we can kind of do a little bit of a deep dive. And I think here's the thing with post-game reports, right? It's fresh. The result is fresh. We go back, you and I, we rewatch the game one or two times before we do our next podcast. You know, this is the immediate reaction. So I think in, in certain situations with the fan base, and even at us at times, I think the emotion can be a little high. But this is why I always like to go back and watch the tape because maybe I, I viewed something wrong because it's live. Everything's happening live. You're reacting to it instantly. You go back and you watch it. You get, I think, a little bit more clarity on certain things that happen. You can pause it. You can rewind it and go back. Slow motion. That's what I like to do. For, before we harp on the negative stuff, which I think we should just do that on Monday, we should talk about where we are truly concerned after week one of the preseason. 
Let's talk about players who stood out here for this team. And I think there were a few, right? And I think that there were some players that maybe we want to see a little bit more from. But, man, we got to start off by highlighting Nick Benito. Once again, from practice, carrying it over into the game, I, I think the common consensus from Broncos fans watching, he looks like an entirely different player and in the best way possible. He does, Cody. I, I saw that for sure. I, I know you guys have seen that out at training camp practices. This was really mine and a lot of others' first exposure to the new and improved Nick Benito as far as uh, you know what we saw last year is concerned. And he did make some pop plays in the preseason last year. He did have some dominant stretches there. And he did make some plays when he got action. I remember against the Jaguars, he made some plays last year in London. So we we saw the flashes from him last year, but he does look like uh, he looks like a guy who could maybe, dare I say, play 60% of the snaps. I mean, he's he's that type of explosive as all get out off the edge, man. When, when he comes off the edge, he just flies off the ball. And, and that has always been apparent with him. That's what made him a second-round draft pick in the first place. But where you really wanted to see Nick Bonito improve is – can he hold up on the edge? How does he look in terms of setting the edge and playing against the run? He looks a lot bigger, stronger to me. Maybe not necessarily a lot bigger, but quite a bit bigger, stronger. I love the play that he made in pursuit, although he did get you know dinged up on that play a little bit. Cody, to me, just all around a much better performance from him. We saw him affecting passing plays, just, just getting pressure on the quarterback, not necessarily getting home for sacks, but he did get a half sack there with Matt Henningsen. So th this was a great game from him to me and, and proving that he can be a rotational player at worst maybe a full-time player at best in the near future taking a big step forward too and obviously we don't know much yet about the hip injury you know the nine news broadcast had said that you know he came out went into the medical tent looked at for the hip we didn't get any updates because obviously he didn't go back in that unit got pulled out because Benito is kind of viewed as a very important player because obviously you no know Frank Clark so that led to Randy Gregory Jonathan Cooper starting they wanted to get a series with Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito, and then they pulled Cooper out. Then they had Benito out there, and man, once again, just every play that he was in, you saw number 42 bluster and creating pressure. Pressures are important. I, I know everyone looks at sacks, but pressures are very, very valuable in today's NFL. Now let's go to the secondary here a little bit. I'm going to give this to kind of two guys here, two guys who stood out. Sang Bassey and Jaquan McMillan, both guys got the start. Jaquan got the start for Patrick Sertan, and Sang Bassey got the start for K1 Williams. Both these guys have some big plays on the night. And then let's go to Hussein Bassett. We talked about earlier the interception. And he had returned 31 yards in that game. Uh, McMillan coming up, making some tackles. But not only that, impacting special teams, he and Bassey in that regard. And uh, you got to get a little bit of a shout out here to Hussein Bassey as well. Great heads up play after uh, the, the Cardinals were going to do a kickoff. Prater line drived it and it went right into his shin. He jumped on it, recovered it. Great heads up awareness for him. On that play, I'm going to highlight these two guys. But then, uh, Sarah, there was another player on the Broncos defensive side of the ball who emerged a little bit late in Friday's game against the Cardinals. Yeah, we were kind of wondering who's going to step up on the defensive line, right? And the Broncos have had a number of guys out there that we kind of want to see more from. We've talked about a few of them on this show. Elijah Garcia, though, he was that guy late in this game against Arizona that came through with a couple of sacks there on one possession. Unfortunately, didn't quite get home on that game-winning drive for the Cardinals. He was so close to having three sacks in basically consecutive plays. At least it felt like that, but he just just missed it on that last drive, and then the Cardinals ended up 
moving the ball down the field thereafter. But Elijah Garcia, certainly somebody worth monitoring. As we know, the Broncos scouting department, obviously they like him. They picked him up last year, brought him in from the LA Rams. And he's a, a guy that I think is a wild card at a position group right now that things seem to be pretty open to me, Cody, at least. I, I guess we saw Jonathan Harris out there starting this game. We saw Jordan Jackson. He made a couple nice plays out there as well. Matt Henningsen had a good game. It's just going to be a, a matter of does this coaching staff, does this scouting department feel like these guys are regular season ready? Because Elijah Garcia, you make these plays in the preseason. What happens when you get the opportunity to bump up with the second defense now? That's what we need to see. But I think a really great start for him in terms of catching everybody's eye with the two sacks. Well, And the thing that you have to keep an eye on here too, Mike Purcell's not yet back from the NFI list for the Broncos. DJ Jones suffered a concussion. I mean, these are things to watch here and definitely a little bit concerning. You know, DJ's last year, I think, played a little bit banged up, missed the final two games of the regular season. But you have to have a guy who maybe can jump into that role. And I think maybe Elijah Garcia, you want to see. I like that. You want to see him play a little bit with the second team. And and I'd even make an argument for this next guy that we're going to talk about. Maybe you want to see him with the second team a little bit. Jaleel McLaughlin. I, I feel like he and Ben DiNucci, they really orchestrated a nice drive, a 10-play, 87-yard drive that hopefully, I mean, you would have liked to end in a game-winning drive there. Unfortunately, the Broncos defense and Tremont Smith, some other guys gave some big plays late in that game. Unfortunately, that led to them losing overall. But uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, four carries for 20 yards. And he had one catch out of the backfield as well that kept the drive alive, moved the chains there for them. For I think it was one catch for 12 yards there from Ben DiNucci. You could just see it. You know, when you watch this guy, like things we've been talking about, about practice with Jaleel McLaughlin, the explosiveness, how fast he hits the hole and gets positive yards. Like these things are exciting to build off of. It's unfortunate, though, that you we had to wait until the fourth quarter to see him. I would have liked to see him maybe a little bit earlier in the third quarter. What would he have looked like there? I know Tyler Beatty got a lion's share of the reps, but here's the thing that I noticed as well. Sean Payton hardly played any of the rookies in any of the first or second team units. A lot of the rookies, they played on the third team units here as well, which I think, considering the outcome of the game, makes a little bit of sense here for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to win that game, but... This was a lot of inexperienced guys getting their first NFL action. I came away impressed with Jaleel McLaughlin. And, hey, Ben DiNucci as well played pretty well, and he's not a rookie. That's right. I really enjoyed that final drive from those guys, the go-ahead touchdown drive, which obviously Jaleel went into the end zone untouched. Seemed like the Cardinals just trying to get the ball back there, which they did, and it worked out for him. But Jaleel had a good drive before that and besides that play. So very, very encouraged by what he brought to the table. And speaking of rookies, Cody, another interesting note that I want to throw in, Marvin Mims, he did not play in this game. Yeah. We, we kind of were hoping to see something from him, whether it was as the returner or maybe he would sneak in with that first team offense. The Broncos didn't play him. I know he had the hamstring early in training camp. So maybe just a precautionary thing, I guess. We'll kind of have to wait and see there. But Marvin Mims did not play in this game. For those that are wondering, hey, where was he? Why, why didn't he play? Uh, you know, what was going on there? Marvin Mims didn't show up in this first preseason game kind of unexpectedly. Oh, and I think maybe the reason to, and this is just me speculating, but maybe Marvin didn't play. And look, Haywan didn't play either. Part of me is wondering, is it because you look at Marvin, he's he was dealing with a hamstring, the field surface. I mean, you look at it, guys were slipping. I mean, I know that they changed their cleats, but guys were slipping. Maybe that's where you didn't want to risk an injury to a guy like that. I, 
I don't know, but I imagine we'll see him in week two, I think next Saturday against the San Francisco 49ers. Overall, like I said, Broncos country, there's some good to be taken away from this game from the starters, second team unit, third team unit on offense and defense. And there's also some things, some bad that they have to fix. No doubt, no questions asked and things that they're going to have to improve on week over week if they're going to have a chance to compete here in the regular season. Some things need to come together, but we're going to break all that stuff down for you here on the coming days and weeks here. Locked on Broncos, but Broncos country that will wrap up today's episode of our post game report here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. One thing we always want to say is for you every dayers out there on Monday's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth is why we are concerned about the Broncos offensive tackle position, the depth at that position, and which cornerbacks maybe appeared bigger and which cornerbacks maybe their stock went down a little bit. We'll dive deeper to that on Monday's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.